This is a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Look 
looking to my God's right hand when the stars begin to fall. My Lord, what a morning! My Lord, what a morning! Oh, my Lord, what a morning when the stars begin to fall. You will hear the Christian shout to wake the nations underground. Look into my God's right hand when the stars begin to fall. My Lord, what a morning! My This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God has wiped away all your guilt and sin. Thanks be to God. God calls to you, whom shall I send? Here I am, send me. Welcome to worship, good neighbors. You are listening to a Neighbors United in Christ Parish worship service sponsored by the Lutheran Churches of Deronda, Little Falls and Trinity. My name is Lauren Tague. Thanks today to Jim Haugerud and Debbie Tague, our musicians. Our reader and provider of the children's message is Kathy Christensen, and our recording engineer is Brad Anderson. You are able to join us by NUIC podcast and at 8 a.m. each Sunday morning on WPCA Radio 93.1 FM and its live internet stream on www.wpcaradio.org. If you'd like to help sponsor these services or donate to our ministry, you can contact us by phone at 715-268-9577, by mail at NUIC Parish, 1578 85th Avenue, Amory, Wisconsin, and through our website at www.nuicparish.org. We want to thank WPCA Radio for this broadcast. We want to uh, remind you that next Sunday we'll be at Trinity Lutheran for worship at 9.30. And then uh, we also want to uh, remind people to stay involved with the backpack program, which will be happening Friday, I believe, on uh, this Friday, where we'll be uh, having different events and things to help kids who are, can't afford or the families need some help with food. And uh, it's a great program. I think that's at 6 o'clock at the uh, Amory Fire Department. Hope that many of you can make it to help this be a successful event. The church is anywhere people gather in Jesus' name. Even when we are not together in a church building, God continues to, pre- to be present in the creative and intentional ways that we gather for worship. Therefore, wherever you are at this time, worshiping in Jesus' name, your present location is the church.
We are having communion this Sunday, so you may want to have wine or grape juice ready and bread or wafers. And you may want to have a cloth to lay before you, a candle and a cross to make a small worship space to enhance your worship experience. You may also want to have a Bible or Bibles for the kids and yourself for the home worship materials. As we begin worship, it is our desire to honor God, to open our hearts to the spirit of God's love and presence and begin with the invocation. Dedicating this hour to the presence and purposes of God, we worship to God, worshiped together with God, the creator, Jesus, our savior, and the spirit, our breath of life. Amen. Continue with the confession and forgiveness. We confess our sins before God and one another. Holy God, we come before you filled with grief and shame, aware that we have caused harm to others, both directly and indirectly, both by our actions and by our failures to act. We have selfishly sought out our own comfort at the expense of others. We have turned a blind eye to the needs of the oppressed, the brokenhearted, and the prisoners. Forgive us for all the ways we have refused to live in love for you and our neighbor. As God purified Isaiah with fire from the altar, so God takes away all your sin and frees you from the burdens of shame that would prevent you from full participation in God's joyful and abundant reign, now and always. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. We'll continue with the gathering songs. Jesus bids us shine with a clear, pure light, like a little candle burning in the night. In this world of darkness we must shine, you in your small corner and I in mine. Jesus bids us shine first of all for him. Well, he sees and knows it if our light is dim. corner and I in mine. Jesus bids us shine then for all around. Many kinds of darkness in this world abound. Sin and want and sorrow we must shine. You in your small corner Jesus bids us share as we work for him, bringing those who wander from the path of sin. He will ever help us if we share, you in your small corner and Sing as they will. 
story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Fasting alone in the desert, tell of the days that are past, how for our sins he was tempted, yet was triumphant at last. Tell of the years of his labor, tell of the sorrow he bore. He was despised and afflicted, homeless, rejected, and story most precious, sweetest that ever has heard. Tell of the cross where they nailed him, writhing in anguish and pain. Tell of the grave where they laid him, tell how he liveth again. Love in that story so tender, clearer than ever I see. Stay, let me weep while you whisper, love paid his ransom for me. Tell me the story of Jesus, write on my heart every We continue with the litany. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Well, where are you sending us? To carry my prophetic word to the world. Are we able to be your prophets? I will give you all you need to speak truth to, the pow to power in the name of justice for all. We are slaves to sin. We are not worthy. In Christ, you are freed from sin. You are exactly who I need to be my prophets. We don't feel ready, but we know you are with us. Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Here we are, God. Send us. Continue with the prayer of the day. Sovereign God, throughout time you have called the least worthy to bear your words and wisdom to the world. Equip us to boldly proclaim the need for your justice and the good news of your redemption and all we say and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I encourage you now to share the sign of peace where you bless yourself or someone worshiping with you today, beginning with a touch on the forehead and using the Trinity formula. Be blessed, or I am blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll now turn to the Holy Scriptures, and Kathy will come and read them and share the children's sermon. The 
The first reading comes from Isaiah, the sixth chapter, verses one through eight. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance with above him, and each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. And the one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots on the thresholds shook at the voices of those who called, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man, I am a man of unclean lips, and have lived among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. And the seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed, and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, chapter 5, verses 8 through 10. Glory to you, O Lord. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also there was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching people. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. It's time now to talk with the young people of the parish. Hi, guys. Have you ever been asked to do a job that you didn't know how to do it? How did it make you feel? Did you feel scared, confused, frustrated? What do you think should happen before you could do that job? Someone had to help you learn the job. Someone had to teach you what to do. The prophet Isaiah felt that same way. I'm going to read a story about Isaiah's call out of the Sparks Bible, starting on page 166. One day, just like any other day, something amazing happened to Isaiah. He saw God. God sat on a throne. Angels with six wings sat next to God. And the angels used two wings to cover their faces and two wings to cover their feet and two wings to fly. And they sang, holy, holy, holy is God. And the walls shook and so did Isaiah's knees. Isaiah was amazed. God was more awesome than Isaiah ever knew. One of the angels carried a hot coal and touched, touched it to Isaiah's mouth. But guess what? The coal didn't burn. Instead, it took away the fear inside of him. Who should I send to be a prophet for me? God asked Isaiah. Now there was something new on Isaiah's lips. Not a hot coal, but brave new words. Isaiah heard his own voice say, send me. Isaiah thought he couldn't do that job, the one that God wanted him to do, because, well, he wasn't perfect. 
But an angel came to teach him how to do God's job. And the angel took that hot coal and touched Isaiah's lips, but it didn't burn him. God called Isaiah to share God's love with others. God calls us to do the same thing. But how can we do it? I know a way we can share God's love. How about feeding people who don't have enough food? But how do we do that? We have to learn about the places that feed the hungry and maybe help those organizations. We could also get clothes for people who don't have a warm coat, maybe by giving coats that don't fit us anymore and giving them to the people who need them. We can help our neighbors by raking their leaves, washing windows, taking care of their yards. You know, there's so many different ways to show God's love. God gives us what we need to be ready to serve others. And how does God give that to us? He gives it through love and forgiveness, inspiration, generosity, and many more things. So the next time someone needs help, say, I'm here send me, just like the prophet Isaiah. Let us pray. Dear God, we want to be just like that prophet Isaiah, ready to help by showing your love to others. We're ready. Send us. In your name, amen. Wherever you go, wherever you may wander in your life, surely you'll know, I'll always want to be there, holding your hand, standing by to catch you when you fall, seeing you through, in everything you do. Watching you grow and going through the changes in your life, that's how I know I'll always want to be there wherever you feel. You need a friend to lean on, here I am whenever you call. You know I'll be there. Let me Open our eyes, Lord.
meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Some fun scripture passages this morning, and I have to admit, when I hear some of these, my mind goes off in many different places. So some of the connections don't make sense today. It's because my mind was wandering as I went through these. Uh, but it's uh, just great text for us to consider. I want to share a little bit from the narrative again. God promises to hold us close in times of suffering, sharing with us a uniquely redeeming, refining, and ever-present power. The fact that this passage starts with a death tells us that we are in a time of uncertainty, upheaval, and anxiety, and a quick contextual book into Isaiah chapters 5 and 7 confirm that. King Uzziah is no longer in control. Social injustice has been called out and violent foreign invasions have been predicted. Folks are feeling scared. Folks are feeling worried. Folks are feeling disoriented and stressed out and vulnerable. You would think they would find comfort in a prophetic vision of a God whose authority, unlike Uzziah's, has no end. You would think that the image of the creator of the universe sitting high and lofty on a throne surrounded by a heavenly host of mystical creatures would bring them some peace of mind and spirit. The promise of an eternal power in the face of incredibly temporal one seems nice. But Isaiah responds to this promise with worry, insecurity, and self-doubt. Woe is me, he says. I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Isaiah is having feelings about his feelings. Has it ever happened to you? Maybe you caught yourself feeling guilty about feeling good. Maybe you felt frustrated about feeling sad. Or maybe you've realized that you feel a little excited about feeling angry. The combinations of feelings about feelings border on limitless. Isaiah is feeling nervous about feeling nervous in the wake of the death of Uzziah. He is feeling embarrassed about feeling discouraged about the hardship about to come, but equally embarrassed about letting himself dare to hope that God could call him to do something about it. Ultimately, Isaiah is feeling small and insignificant in the presence of the kingly God. Our God is a God who wants us to experience delivery, not despair. Our God is a God who offers us the gift of redemption instead of leaving us to linger in remorse. God loves us too much to let us stay stuck in the feelings we have about our feelings. I think of today, I hear people talking again about what's going on. I say, I just don't know when we've been so divided. 
And we did hear good news that at least they came to a deal on debt ceiling and we don't have to worry about that maybe for two years. We hope anyway. We think of how, what people are saying to each other and how they're saying it, and it gets us concerned. I've even, well, when people say, I've never seen anything like this, but I think if you look back a little bit in history, you see that it's been going on for a long, long time. World War I was not exactly an exciting time for people. The Great Depression was hard. The Civil Rights, World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the assassinations that happened in the 60s, all these things seem to always be around us. And so when he says, I am an unclean lips in the midst of an unclean people, I think we feel that and understand that in our culture today. We struggle with being confident in our faith. And yet God comes to us and takes care of us. When he says he has done something, when he gives us a promise, he means it. I think of just forgiveness and how sometimes we struggle with the image of forgiveness. And we do the confession of sin at the start of every worship. We talk about it, and yet we keep holding on. We were smiling the other day at the pastor's text study about how we, yeah, we know we've been forgiven, but we kind of hold things up. And reminded of the story of the guy who said a woman buried her cat, but she left the tail standing up so she could see where it was. It's a little bit like sin. We, we may bury it, but we leave something sitting out so we can know where it is and can find it and feel guilty about it or whatever. But one day a pastor visited an older woman who seemed eager to receive the assurance of God's forgiveness. Yet it was difficult for her to believe. The pastor pointed out the promises in God's word, yet she could not comprehend them. Finally, he said, suppose I should go into the store and buy something for you. I would pay the total price for the gift and tell the clerk that in the near future, you would come and claim it. When you go to get it, would you have to bring money with you? No, the woman replied, because you already paid for it. Do you have to make any promise to pay for it at some future time, he continued. No, she replied, because you already bought it for me, and it is paid for. Pastor then says, so it is with forgiveness of sins. On Calvary, the Lord Jesus Christ has paid the full price for it. He underwent all the pain and punishment that sin deserved. He bore on his shoulders our suffering and our shame, the ugly burden that rightfully belongs to man. Let us accept it in faith as our very own. So it happened with Isaiah when the angel touched him with the burning coal. We need to understand that when God does something for us, he does it totally and completely and it's finished. We ought to rejoice in that and learn to live in that. So when we say that we are forgiven people, we need to remember that we are forgiven and that we don't have to go back to that store and try to buy it all over again. Christ has done it. So now we're free to do some things. We read in the gospel that Jesus is talking to his disciples and they're just overwhelmed. After following him for two years, after seeing the death and now the resurrection, they are astounded as they see 
the catch of fish that they had. Now, I don't know about you, but I, most fishermen I know, if they catch a lot of fish, <laughs> that's usually not something that they get overwhelmed by. They usually go and tell everybody, and usually it's a little bit more than what they caught, or a little bigger than what they caught. But here, Peter is overwhelmed. He knows that something miraculous has happened, that God, Jesus, is doing something in him today to make a difference. He is to be the one to go out, as Jesus says, today you caught fish, tomorrow you're going to be fishing for people. And you're going to have to learn a lot of things in that. There's going to be a lot of different ways. It's not just going out with a net and expecting to catch. It's not going to be where it's always catching a lot of fish. There are going to be days that nothing happens. And then there'll be days that you can't believe. But it is going to happen. And so the disciples have learned to go out. And we read about that at Pentecost and in the whole book of Acts. And down through the centuries, we've been fishing for people to bring them hope, to bring them the promises of God that allow them to live a life of freedom, to allow them to live a life of freedom from sin, from death, and from the devil. Freedom to live to God, to celebrate life, to share with others the gifts that he has given us. I want to close with a story that talks about this confidence. And again, this may be where I, it's from a book, uh, Cast Your Bread Upon the Waters by Ruth Youngdahl Nelson. And it's a story that many of us have heard a long, long time ago. But it's one that uh, speaks about what happens when we take God's word we hear it, and it touches us deeply, and we've got to do something. Sometimes the results aren't as fantastic as this one, but it shows what God can do through a young person, through any of us. In the days when one was free to come and go from mainland China, one Christian sister stopped off in the Philippine Islands on her return to the States. While visiting friends there, she asked to speak in the church. There she described the widespread famine in China and told of hungry children whose mothers had nothing to feed them and of the many who died as a result. In the congregation was an 11-year-old boy whose heart was deeply troubled. For months, he had been saving money to buy a bicycle. This had been the dream of his heart. Now he had almost enough to buy the model he wanted, nearly $30, a large amount in the days before inflation, but he was haunted by the memory of those starving children. He thought of boys like himself whose stomachs were in pain for lack of food. Apparently he went through a great struggle. Was it right that he should have to give up a dream of owning the bike he had worked for? And yet those hungry children were on his heart and $30 would buy quite a bit of bread. That Sunday night his feet, sleep was fitful and he was hollow-eyed the next morning. His mother asked if he might be ill. Her intuition told her that something was bothering him, but he was in no mood to vent his feelings. She was anxious for him to return from school and became concerned when he didn't appear at the expected time. 
When he finally came, he was at low, and then he told her his story. He had decided during the night that he could never be happy with the bike because he knew some children could be alive with his money. So he had taken his savings with him to school, and after school hours, he'd gone directly to the bakery. There he counted out his money before the wide-eyed baker and said, Sir, how many loaves of bread would this buy? I want to buy as much bread as I can to send to the hungry children of China. At first, the baker was completely taken back. But then he said to the boy, that's a beautiful thing you want to do. Where did you get this money? It's my bicycle money, was his answer, but I don't really need a bicycle to live. And those Chinese kids need the bread. Then the baker explained how the bread would spoil before it could reach that faraway land. There was, that was before planes spanned the wide waters of the Pacific. But the baker also promised that he would personally talk with a missionary to find a way to send this money to someone in China who could buy the life-giving loaves to feed those starving children. Well, the baker did more than that. He went to his church people and told them about this boy's sacrificial gift. He challenged them to take theirs to the gift he had set apart. The Lord's multiplication was working. In a short time in this small congregation, $3,500 were raised and sent to responsible people in mainland China for food. But that isn't the end of the story. A missionary was relating it in a large church in Detroit, and after a service, a man came up and said, Do you have the name and address of that boy? I'd like to write him. The man who wanted this that information was Henry Ford. And Henry Ford followed through. He bought the boy in the Philippines the finest bicycle he could find, and then he sent a sizable donation to China Relief. You think our story is finished? Well, it isn't. The lad was overwhelmed with the gift and wondered how he could use it to make still more money for bread. He saw how, saw how envious the other boys looked at his bike, so he decided to rent it out for rides, and whatever money came, he would add to the fund for hungry Chinese. The multiplication went on and on. Jesus used the lad's lunch of loaves and fishes to feed a Galilean multitude. In the Philippines, he used the boy's response to human need to bless many. It doesn't always happen that the thing you give up is replaced. One doesn't look for that. But when you cast your bread upon the waters, the Lord does return a hundredfold in the deep down joy of giving. How are we giving? In response to being told that we are a forgiven people. In response to being a blessed people with many gifts to share. To being a people who have many gifts and who have much money. We don't always feel like it, but we have been given a lot. Do we have that same kind of commitment that the disciples had, this little boy in the Philippines, and then many other saints down through the ages. The gifts are ours to share. The joy is ours in the giving. Amen. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry. 
All who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I who made the stars of night, I will make their darkness bright. Who will bear my light to them? Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go. If you lead me, I will hold your people in my heart. I, the Lord of wind and flame, I will tend the poor and lame. I will set a feast for them, my hand will Finest bread I will provide Till their hearts be satisfied I will give my life to them Whom shall I send? Here I am, Lord Is it I, Lord? I have heard you If you lead me, I will hold your people in my heart. I will go, Lord. If you lead me, I will hold your people in my Let us now confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again, and he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Children pray. 
Inspired by the words of the prophet Isaiah, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. As Isaiah did, we often doubt our ability to do what you are calling us to do. Cleanse us in your spirit's fire and ignite our will to follow wherever you may lead us. God of inspiration, in mercy, hear our prayer. Empower those who feel helpless to change their situation. Show them the strength that dwells within them. Open new options before them and send helpers along their way. God of inspiration, in mercy, hear our prayer. As the earth yields the fruits of her harvest, remind us who provides us with resources and task us with fair distribution that enables all to have enough and prevents unnecessary waste. God of inspiration, in mercy, hear our prayer. You heal our ills and bring us to wholeness again. We only need to ask. Send your loving spirit's presence to all your children in need, especially Kelsey Zamuda, Joyce Anderson, Jim Wade, Pat and Lucille Trofe, Lee and Maury Nicholson, Helen Erickson, Julie Dubois, Scott Morgan, Jean Hoisington, Matt Crerup, Ida Martinson, Becky Anderson, Randy Goglin, Shirley Lenz, Helen Jorgensen, and Dean Muse. God of inspiration, in mercy, hear our prayer. We remember your prophets through the ages, those who are named and those who haven't been recognized by history. Give us their fire for proclamation and spreading your good news. God of inspiration, in mercy, hear our prayer. We lift these and all those we name in our hearts up to you, loving God, trusting in the promise of your mercy through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> As people of faith, we are called to continue strengthening the ministry of the church, even when we are physically distant. We invite you to prayerfully consider making a donation to our parish, your home congregation, the synod, or somewhere else where the work of the body of Christ is being done to love and serve our neighbors. Like this little 11-year-old Philippine boy, may our response be one of generosity, one of compassion, one of sacrifice to help others live. We take the offering and now we share in the offering prayer. All that we have belongs to you, O God, yet you share it with us abundantly for the good of the world. Receive now our gifts, return to you, that you would use them for the sake of all in need. Amen.
I said a prayer for you today And I know God must have heard I felt the answer in my heart Although he spoke no words I didn't ask for wealth or fame I knew you wouldn't mind I asked him to send treasures Of a far more lasting kind I asked that he be near you At the start privilege of sharing communion together. When the church celebrates Holy Communion, we gather with all the saints from every time and place to hear again the story of God's power and the love shown to us through Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, this is my body broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the wine and gave thanks and gave it to all to drink, saying, this, is, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Take the bread or wafer and as you eat it, hear this promise from Jesus the body of Christ broken for you. Now take the wine or grape juice, and as you drink it, hear this promise from Jesus, the blood of Christ shed for you. 
Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you to life everlasting. Amen. Called to walk together as the body of Christ, let us abide with one another in peace. Thanks be to God. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you a favor and grant you peace. Amen. Be not dismayed, whatever be tied, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all. listening to a Neighbors United in Christ broadcast. Our podcast is supported by our three congregations of Deronda, Little Falls, and Trinity Lutheran Churches, our small town churches in Amory, Wisconsin. If you feel so moved to donate, please visit us online at nuicparish.org. That's nuicparish.org. Until next time. God will take care of you.